This episode is sponsored by... Duke was just an average frog, born and raised on a marshy bog. Though growing up, his legs would bend slightly more than all his friends. One day, his dad asked curiously, Son, what would you like to be? I like to run my way to fame in the Animal Olympic Games. The Animal Olympic Games? Are you blooming mad insane? Hop, 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 that's what we do. Frogs can jump, but they can't run too. This is this little snippet of a book called Frogs Run 2. It's written by Michael John Whitshire, and it's an excellent book. And I read, read it, and I actually thought it was a lot of fun. And you can pick it up on Amazon. You can also check it out on the link in our show notes. One of the most popular Disney cast members, and certainly longest serving, is covered in a recent fan blog post. Chef Oscar Martinez has worked at Disneyland for almost 60 years. Now, you may have met him at the Carnation Cafe on Main Street, USA. His story is interesting and worth a read on the blog. It's by Mario Mazamudo, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Mario, and I apologize if I didn't. Now, Mario and his family got to know Chef Oscar, and they always look forward to seeing him every trip to Anaheim. Now, you can read more about Chef Oscar on Mario's blog, and we have that there in the show notes for you as well. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are about to embark on a journey into all things Disney. So join us as we travel through the main gate, under the trestle, and just past City Hall to our final destination, Above the Firehouse. Now, here is your host, Tony Pascal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Above the Firehouse podcast. My name is Tony, and I'll be your host. This podcast is looking at all things Disney and provides you with audio and visual experiences. Hello, everybody, and welcome to show number 66 of the Above the Firehouse podcast. Before I get into everything, I just want to thank our sponsors for this episode. If you'd like to show us some love, you can click their links that are in our show notes. So thank you, guys. This show is huge. I think this is probably the largest show that I've offered you. I have given you an ambience, rise, and all that good stuff over three hours for listening pleasure. So I would recommend you getting something to drink and a bite now because we've got one heck of an adventure. Also, I would like to thank Paul Berry from A Window to Magic for coming and getting me from my house and taking me to the park early in the morning. He came from his area in Orange County all the way to my house. And then we went from my place, which is North Hollywood, all the way down to Anaheim, which is like 38 miles. And then we went on some rides, hung out for a little bit. Then he had to go do his thing. So I ended up staying and doing what I had to do. And then we met up later and he took me home. So a big thank you to Paul Berry. I'm indebted to you. He's probably one of the real people in this podcasting world. Awesome gentleman. So thank you, Paul. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, on with the show. A big show. A really big show. Okay, sorry. Hey, if you would like to support our podcast, simply go to www.abovethefirehouse.com and join our support. You can do it monthly or you can do it annually, and all that goes right back into the podcast. We also have an equipment fund where you can make a donation. And for those people that have made donations, thank you very much. To back up our project, we're trying to get a new video recorder because... The one that I have is like eight years old now, and it's mini DV, and it's getting old, and, and it's time to get an upgrade of technology with better quality pictures. Also, I still haven't had a chance to 
get a car or anything like that. For those that haven't listened or it's your first time listening, in September of 2015, I was a victim of arson and I lost my car and I ended up paying for an annual pass that I couldn't use for a very, very long time and I had to get a second job. It was just messy. It was seriously messy and all that stuff, guys. Yeah. Been really hard, and so the last couple of months before my pass expired, I had an opportunity to go twice once with my family, and one is up saying, Well, Paul picked me up. So uh, let us get on with the shoe. I know you guys are waiting to sit down for over three hours. We'll get y'all uh, headphones on if you haven't, because this is Binaural, baby. Binaural, as I take you through the parks one last time. But that doesn't mean the show's over. I still got a lot of audio to dig through in the past that I haven't finished playing because I think I didn't finish playing all of my Mouse Fest 2008. I think I got up to what days for these days. Or I have to go back and look. I don't know why I stopped and skipped that, but hey, we all know my, my health history and all that stuff. I mean, heck, 66 shows in only 10 years. Well, we're just taking it back. Wow. On with the show. Sit back and enjoy. but it makes me hungry. And I'll leave it at that. So enjoy.
the 13th. That's, you know, Bluetooth at its best. <laughs>
I guess they won.
you think our chances are for Toy Store? Chances for what? A short line. Park's not very busy. I'm actually really surprised at how low the crowds are right now. This is really nice. And on a Saturday. Are we sure we're in Disneyland? I want to make sure. Heroes brought us only character dining. It's not like uh, family style. What? This is only uh, character dining. It's not family style here, right? At Heroes Grotto. No We'd love to eat down there during World of Color, though. <laughs> We'd love to eat down there during World of Color. Oh, yeah.
you're in line for. for
I know I ain't going, I ain't going in no goofy right now. I can't fit that thing anymore. It's a, goofy, it's a goofy ride, but I can't fit in it anymore. Really? Yeah, my knees. Yeah, bump in. Stuck with all this stuff on me.
All right. Who's a big Tim Burton fan? Oh, more hands. Okay, all right. So here's the real question. Who's here because of Johnny Depp? Oh, it's the same hands. Okay, all right. Whose favorite character is Alice? No one. Oh, couple hands. All right, how about the Mad Hatter? There we go. Yep. I think you guys would like the preview. It's going to be all about the hat. Alright, so I'll give you guys a little bit of trivia while I'm up here. Who here, who was here when this was the Muppets? Oh, a couple people. Alright. Right on. I'm going to go ahead and just welcome you guys to San Eagles three hour tribute to all nations, but mostly America. Welcome. One person. One person. Have you guys been here? You guys said you guys were here when this was the Muppets, right? You guys recognize that? Oh. Sorry? Oh, yeah, the balconies. Yep, the balconies are still here. All right, so actually, <clears throat> after Muppets, this was and before this was the Sunset Showcase Theater, this was the Crown Jewel Theater. So I want to go ahead and ask, do we have any Frozen fans out there? All right, a couple of hands, a couple of hands. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and, and shoot out this advertisement to you guys. Did you guys know that on May 27th, the same release date as the movie, we're going to have Frozen move into the Hyperion Theater. It's going to be Broadway quality, really nice. Did you guys know that? Yes, I have a yes, I have a couple notes. Well, yeah, next time you guys are back inside the parks, you should really check it out. It'll be something really, really to check out. <coughs> all right, so who's ready to go? You guys are all ready to go? All right, perfect. Well, then the doors on your right are gonna be your exit, so go ahead and just get up and push up. I'm just joking, I'm totally joking. You don't need to leave on my watch. Well, we're waiting for the show time to start. Does anyone have any good jokes? No? All right, I got one. Oh, you have one? Yeah. All right, what's your joke? What's a pig called Nolan? What's a pig called Nolan? Hold on, time out. Is this appropriate? Yeah. It's appropriate? Okay. What? A groundhog. A groundhog. Okay. Yeah, I do get it. Waka waka. Yeah, I got it. Wow. Waka waka, right? Hi guys, welcome. Plenty of seats available. Go ahead and choose anyone that's open. Alright, I, I remember I had a couple Muppets fans in here, so let me go ahead and uh, say this joke. What do you What do you get when you cross a frog and a pig? You probably get kicked out of the Muppets Theater. There we go. There we go. Let that sink in for a bit. Hi guys, welcome. Plenty of seats. 
All right, I'm gonna go ahead and take this opportunity to go ahead and get down to business. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and remind you that there is no class photography or videography. Uh, this is an exclusive sneak peek just for distant California adventure. We'd like to keep it that way. Next, we'd like to go ahead and remind everyone that there is no smoking inside this theater. Uh, I think that one's self-explanatory. And if at, <clears throat> at any reason at all you need an exit, the doors on your right are actually going to be your exit. You'll see me down there if you have any questions. I'll help, and if you need any help, I'll go ahead and help uh, give you guys the exit. All right, just got the all clear. Hope you guys are ready. We'll go ahead and ask everyone to put their 3D glasses on and enjoy our sneak peek preview at Alice Through the Looking Glass. James Bobin, the director of Disney's Alice Through the Looking Glass. Welcome to Disney California Adventure. In our spectacular new adventure, Alice returns to the whimsical world of Underland and must travel back in time to save the Mad Hatter and help him find his muchness. Join me as we peer through the looking glass at this exclusive sneak peek and be sure to check out Alice Through the Looking Glass in theaters on May 27th. I hope you have a great time here at Disney California Adventure.
gone too long, Alice. And he will be gone before long. Who will be gone? What has happened? All will become clear in the fullness of time. For now, hurry. Oh, and do mind your step. Oh, I'll just can't find it. 
Your attempts at mockery fall flat. Still the trail. Yeah, I've never had. I never had something different like that. I'm like, oh. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, it's right here. How the hell did it come out of power mode? I never even touched it. Extreme power mode. because it said anything is possible. I remember seeing it, I just felt like, I know what I'm doing for the rest of my life. 
I am sitting here watching this tape over and over until I die. I remember my dad putting me in the car <coughs> to take me to see it. And uh, I said, where are we going? He said, we're going to see the most amazing thing you've ever seen. gets thrown around a lot now, but it really was just so huge. As a kid, I really just loved that universe. And as I got older, I think I appreciated the filmmaking part of it more. When you look at Star Wars, it is unbelievable how much they got right. Like, not just the story and not just the characters, not just the casting, not just the design, not just the music, but all of it. When you look at all of it and you think that didn't exist prior. exciting adventure, self-empowerment kind of storytelling. You get sucked into it for some of the more fun aspects of it. And then as you grow up, the films grow up with you because you become older and more sophisticated and are able to peel back some of those mythic layers and, and appreciate those as well. All of the people that worked on the designs for these films tapped into something perfect artistically. So just the shape of the Millennium Falcon, the shape, the idea of lightsabers. And I remember seeing the graphic quality of the Death Star, the TIE Fighters with those twin wings, the X-Wings. I mean, those were all just, you know, such iconic shapes. They were like logos, essentially. And it feels old, some of it, worn out helmets. And you go, wow, whatever is in this universe has been going on for a very long time. It had the random scuff marks and the scorching and the sort of junk in the corners and all the sort of little things that build up in everyday life that generally didn't appear in science fiction up to that point. We'd never seen anything like it before, the visual effects in the movie. We didn't call that I mean it just it looked real it felt real Star Wars into the future. 
Star Wars stories as individual standalone films give us the opportunity to explore some new territory. Some of them will be grounded in things that are familiar. Rogue One is about an event that's referenced in the crawl of episode four, the theft of the Death Star plans. What I love is that we are able to diversify Star Wars storytelling, explore some different genres, and yet stay inside the sort of larger galaxy of Star Wars that we all recognize. There's so much story that we're telling across multiple movies, across different television shows, across all kinds of different media. We're tasked with developing those stories and making sure they're cohesive, that they connect. One of the things we always ask ourselves in the story group is, what's the best format for a story to be told? Is it a movie? Is it something in the animated space? Or is it a book or a comic? Working on story and helping to guide those filmmakers and looking for ways in which we can push technology. That's what keeps it exciting and new and relevant. And what better way to do that than inside the Star Wars universe? It is like some sort of, I was going to say, it's kind of like a renaissance here. But it's not even that because we were never even doing this before. This is turning out a movie a year. Everything from Rogue One on the other movies on shows like Rebels have the opportunity to do things that are both visually and tonally a little different to what you might consider classic Star Wars. Everyone, hang on! I think it's fantastic what Dave Filoni and the Rebels crew have done to create that show. I think we've created some really wonderful characters and kind of establishing what the rebellion was like in its early stages. I think that's been really, really exciting. I think there are a lot of kids who grew up on the prequels and on Clone Wars who are really excited about Rebels because in a way it picks up the story that they know. But their parents are excited about it because it also starts in a place that they recognize as being relevant to episode four. this day, Star Wars still represents this amazing universe. A place that only exists in the movies or in your imagination, but soon we're going to be building it in a physical way, a tangible way in our theme parks. You're going to be able to walk inside these environments. You'll be on a planet. You'll be hurtling through space. It will be very, very immersive. nice to be involved in something where everybody cares so much. It's not just that they care about it because they're a fan, but they care about it because it had something to do with their life. I think it's great, frankly, when you get a group of people in the room and they're that energized to do great work. We've found a lot of really wonderful, talented writers and filmmakers who are excited to work on Star Wars, who grew up with Star Wars, who love it. The very first kind of movies that I and a lot of the people in my generation were making in our heads as kids was in that world of Star Wars. I don't think I'm lying when I say Star Wars means the world to me. I just really wish someone had told me when I was four that I was going to get to make a Star Wars film because I would have spent the last 36 years planning it. It doesn't matter what age you are or where you grew up, there's something about Star Wars that you can connect with. It's more than entertainment. It's a very, very unique cultural force, and it's just as relevant now as it ever has been. You go out in the world and you see a little kid engaging with Star Wars, and you understand it's their parents that have brought them into this world. It's this great generational thing. And if I'm able to help give a father or mother that gift that they pass along to their children, I think, you know, that's, that's incredible. I don't know what it must be like to be a kid growing up with this much awesome. I don't know how it would have affected me. I probably would have been making films by the time I was six. We're going to need those kids in the future to keep this thing going because there's a lot to do. 
I think with Star Wars, what people are looking forward to is sharing it with their friends, with their family, with their kids. And there's so many things on the horizon that I think we're going to have an amazing array of entertainment to thrill audiences for decades to come. Not just the music, but all of it. When you look at all of it, 
anything that didn't exist prior. It is this strange combination of huge, massive world creation spectacle and really intimate psychological character stories. What George hit upon was this kind of fun, exciting, adventure, self-empowerment kind of storytelling. You may get sucked into it for some of the more fun aspects of it. And then as you grow up, the films grow up with you because you become older and more sophisticated and are able to peel back some of those mythic layers and, and appreciate those as well. All the people that worked on the designs for these films tapped into something perfect artistically. So just the shape of the Millennium Falcon, the shape, the idea of lightsabers. And I remember seeing the graphicality of the Death Star, the TIE Fighters with those twin wings, the X-Wings. And those were all just, you know, such iconic shapes. They were like logos, essentially. And it feels old, some of it, worn out helmets. And you go, well, whatever's in this universe has been going on for a very long time. It had the random scuff marks and the scorching and the sort of junk in the corners and all the sort of little things that build up in everyday life that generally didn't appear in science fiction up to that point. We had never seen anything like it before, the visual effects in the movie. We didn't call that. I mean, it just, it looked real. It felt real. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? To me, what was so exciting about The Force Awakens was that feeling of this brand new adventure, this brand new story that would be a bridge between what we know and who we know and everything that comes next. Certainly for all young kids, they either wanted to be Luke Skywalker or they saw themselves as Han Solo. And I think that was a part of our challenge was how are we gonna bring new characters into this series that had that same kind of power? While there was never a doubt that the visual opportunities were enormous, uh, the worlds we would travel to, the creatures we would meet, the weapons and ships and landscapes that we would see would be stunning and exciting. None of that matters if you don't love the people in the ships. So at the core of this story had to be the thing that makes any story work, which is the characters. It doesn't end there, though. This is just the first step on a long path of Star Wars into the future. Star Wars stories as individual standalone films give us the opportunity to explore some new territory. Some of them will be grounded in things that are familiar. Rogue One is about an event that's referenced in The Crawl of Episode 4, the theft of the Death Star plans. What I love is that we are able to diversify Star Wars storytelling, explore some different genres, and yet stay inside the sort of larger galaxy of Star Wars that we all recognize. There's so much story that we're telling across multiple movies, across different television shows, across all kinds of different media. You're tasked with developing those stories and making sure they're cohesive, that they connect. One of the things we always ask ourselves in the story group is, what's the best format for a story to be told? Is it a movie? Is it something in the animated space? Or is it a book or a comic? Working on story and helping to guide those filmmakers and looking for ways in which we can push technology. That's what keeps it exciting and new and relevant. And what better way to do that than inside the Star Wars universe? It is like some
some sort of, I was going to say it's kind of like a renaissance here, but it's not even that because we were never even doing this before. This is turning out a movie a year. Everything from Rogue One and the other movies and shows like Rebels have the opportunity to do things that are both visually and tonally a little different to what you might consider classic Star Wars. Everyone, hang on! It's fantastic what Dave Filoni and the Rebels crew have done to create that show. I think we've created some really wonderful characters and kind of establishing what the rebellion was like in its early stages. I think that's been really, really exciting. I think there are a lot of kids who grew up on the prequels and on Clone Wars who are really excited about Rebels because in a way it picks up the story that they know. But their parents are excited about it because it also starts in a place that they recognize as being relevant to episode four. This day, Star Wars still represents this amazing universe, a place that only exists in the movies or in your imagination, but soon we're going to be building it in a physical way, a tangible way in our theme parks. You're going to be able to walk inside these environments, you'll be on a planet, you'll be hurtling through space, it will be very, very immersive. nice to be involved in something where everybody cares so much. It's not just that they care about it because they're a fan, but they care about it because it had something to do with their life. I think it's great, frankly, when you get a group of people in the room and they're that energized to do great work. We found a lot of really wonderful, talented writers and filmmakers who are excited to work on Star Wars, who grew up with Star Wars, who love it. The very first kind of movies that I and a lot of the people in my generation were making in our heads as kids was in that world of Star Wars. I don't think I'm lying when I say Star Wars means the world to me. I just really wish someone had told me when I was four that I was going to get to make a Star Wars film because I would have spent the last 36 years planning it. It doesn't matter what age you are or where you grew up, there's something about Star Wars that you can connect with. It's more than entertainment. It's a very, very unique cultural force, and it's just as relevant now as it ever has been. You go out in the world and you see a little kid engaging with Star Wars, and you understand it's their parents that have brought them into this world. It's this great generational thing. And if I'm able to help give a father or mother that gift that they pass along to their children, I think, you know, that's, that's incredible. I don't know what it must be like to be a kid growing up with this much awesome. I don't know how it would have affected me. I probably would have been making films by the time I was six. We're gonna need those kids in the future to keep this thing going because there's a lot to do. I think with Star Wars, what people are looking forward to is sharing it with their friends, with their family, with their kids. And there's so many things on the horizon that I think we're going to have an amazing array of entertainment to thrill audiences for decades to come.
synthetic vibrations and are beginning to materialize. They're assembling for a swinging wave.
stepping away from the cars with your left foot first.
Snowy Mountain. Before you reach the Bobsled Bank, please observe the seating diagram overhead. And once on board, be sure to put your hat, glasses, and any loose items in a secure place. Thank you. We'll see you on the Bobsled Bank.
there you go. That was a little over three hours of content for you. I'm actually happy that I had the Matterhorn, which I thought I didn't have. It's a little bit you know, rusty and all that and bumpy and noisy, but you gotta remember, I'm in these new cars, I didn't get a chance to uh, get in when they changed it because the lines were just so long for the Matterhorn, and I lucked out getting in line, and I had my you know, camera equipment, so I'm just bouncing around and all that, and, and as soon as I got out, there's Paint the Night going on. And it wasn't the full parade, but hey, it's, it's enough, right? It, it's not the recording when I was actually recording with my video camera. Hey, I got it. Also, a big shout out to everybody who've been listening for over the years. If you'd like to be a sponsor of an episode, contact me at podcast at AboveTheFireHouse.com. You can also check us over at YouTube. Just check out and look for Above the Firehouse. Also, Friends of the Magic next month in August. Check out our show notes for information like that. Or you can also go on Facebook and search Friends of the Magic. Try it with separate words or all at once. Yeah, it's free to join minus park admission. Also, it's also going to be Paul Berry's 50th birthday party. So it's going to be a carte circle. There's going to be a lunch and a dinner. It's a unique dining experience. So contact Policy if he has any spots available. And I'd like to thank you guys for all the years of listening. The show is not over. It's just I don't have fresh content for you right now until I can get back on the streets, get a pass, get some new equipment. And I want to thank you guys for so many years. It's been 10 years and only so many shows, but when you have health issues, it's hard to get things out. I mean, when I first started, it was weekly, and I started off with this little teeny little, uh, well, it was an iRiver, but it wasn't the actual one that we used to use, and I got myself a little stereo lapel, and I plugged that sucker in, and that's how I originally started recording, and then finally moved up to binaural microphones and all that good stuff. And y'all heard the difference when I switched to those suckers. I mean, for a hundred bucks, you can't beat that price and the sound quality for them. Also, I'm still working on the Wally Bogue tribute DVD. I've been having some hardware issues and for all you nerds out there, I have a RAID drive in my computer and one of the drives is going bad. I'm trying to get a solid state drive to migrate Windows 7 over to and replace that drive and put the backups that I've been doing back on it so we can resume and all that. I'm trying to see how high of resolution I can actually edit on my machine. I think I could probably go up to 2K since I actually have, from, well, my system's from 2009, so I have the actually original i7 for all you nerds out there, so it's a quad core. It was a workhorse when I got it and it's done me well. It's helped make a lot of vidcasts as you guys have seen and all the stuff that I produce mostly is on this machine as well. That's the end of the show. So thank you guys for letting me entertain you. Don't forget podcast at AboveTheFireHouse.com. Our website, www.AboveTheFireHouse.com. Twitter, ATF Podcast. Periscope, ATF Podcast. I like to thank our sponsors. And as always, our longtime sponsor, Jenna from Main Street Travel Company. You'll be hearing that information shortly. Anyway... There's a gentleman that's on YouTube, and he has a great show. His name is Justin Scard, with two R's, and he has two channels. One is called Live Fast, Die Poor, and Justin Scard, and he goes to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, uh, all over the place, and gives you history. He even went on a trip from California all the way to the East Coast through Route 66, and he shows you places that were inspiring cars from Pixar. A definitely good listening to. Uh, check him out. Let him know that about the Firehouse sent you. Anyway... My name is Tony, and you've been listening to the Above the Firehouse podcast. We'll see you real soon.
travel arrangements provided by Main Street Travel Company. Your vacation starts today. Tell her Above the Firehouse podcast referred you and she'll make a donation to the podcast. Book your next vacation by calling Jenna at 800-593-1262 or go to www.mainstreettravelco.com. So long, so long.